Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang Hey everyone, welcome back to Les Hangout. I'm Ellie Brigida. And I'm Lee Holmes Foster, and here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. We are still in our season five Patreon campaign. Once we hit 150 patrons, we will start releasing Les Essentials bonus episodes for episodes for movies that we might not be able to cover on our Les Essentials, but we still want to talk about. So you can join that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. And we want to remind you that we are going to be starting our next crowdfunding campaign for our new musical podcast, Journey to the Heart. That's going to be kicking off at the end of the month. So we are just starting to let everyone know now so that you can get ready you know, limber up those retweeting fingers, those posting, you know, whatever you got to get ready to start sharing the news so that we can help make our next musical, which we are very excited about. We are also looking for angel investors. So if you know anyone who has a lot of money, send them our way as well. (laughs) Or even if you just wanted to pull together a bunch of friends, even if you all threw in 20 bucks or something, we can use that big pool to promote some matching campaigns. So email us if you want to help us with that. That'd be a huge help. And we have some exciting news. Some of you may have noticed if you're following our social media accounts closely, you may have seen that all of our accounts for The Flame have been rebranded. So we are now officially running all of our social medias under our production company name, for producing all of these shows that we're working on. So please say hello, everyone, to Dollar Bean Productions. Dollar Bean Productions. (laughs) We are so excited. It took us quite a while to come up with that name. We had a very intense brainstorming session where we came up with all these like, oh, intense and brooding production company names. And then we were like, that doesn't feel right at all. What if we were just Dollar Bean Productions? And it felt right. So... We're really happy with where it's landed, and I even have a little bean necklace that Lee got me happy, for my happy birthday. birthday. So to celebrate feeling, our new venture, we're feeling real beanie. Uh, <laughs> we're pretty beanie, and so yeah, so that's gonna be. If you're looking for any information on the flame or on Journey to the Heart, um, or any whatever we do in the future, that's where you'll find it. All of them are now courtesy of Dollar Bean Productions. In the Greater Les Universe, Zoe Kravitz says that her Catwoman is bisexual. I'm also going to take that to mean that in my head and in everyone else's head, Catwoman is bisexual throughout the universe. So I'm here for it. I mean, there's not a lot of things that are straight about Catwoman, right? No. N- I mean, her. she's a literal cat. Yeah. Lesbians love cats. Well, and isn't cat- Catwoman <laughs> is, yes, a... Lesbians love cats. B, Catwoman is always kind of like vaguely man-hating, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Not, it's not vague at yeah. all. Yeah, she hates men. Yeah, she, she is 
quite gay. Who's your favorite Catwoman? Oh, that's a uh, that's a tough call. Um, who played? Who wasn't it? Uh, was it Michelle Pfeiffer who yes. played her? And she like did her own with the whip stunt, and yeah. it was freaking bomb. If you've never seen the footage of her doing that whole thing in one take <sighs> with the whip, just look it up. It's not unattractive. Let's put it that way. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer was pretty hot. Yeah, that's a lot. Remember I said I had a thing for Mini Driver? That was at our Patreon-only bonus episode. But Michelle Pfeiffer. I does it do. does it for you as well? Good to know. Oh, yeah. Grease too. We, if anyone's keeping a list, uh, you can just start, you know, really yeah. filling in those spots on Ellie's. Doesn't take a lot. <laughs> does not take a lot. Also, shout out to Ariana DeBose, who won a SAG Award for West Side Story and became the first queer women of color to win a SAG Award. So you love to see it. Congrats. Amazing. Also, in uh, Should Have Been Gay news, we did a Should Have Been Gay on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, I think, last season. And finally, Midge takes Susie to a lesbian bar. It's still in the In the upcoming season, which we have been waiting for for how long now? Good Lord. Yes, in the most recent season. So it's still, you know, not exactly like... Susie's fighting against it. She's like, why am I in this lesbian bar? But it's closer. We're getting closer to revealing actively Susie's identity. Amazing. So it's coming. It's coming. We're excited. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. And welcome to our 79th installment of Should Have Been Gay. Oh, it was fun. It was great. But it should have been a and in this week's episode, we got all the ways to be W-I-C-K-E-D. I wasn't sure which one you were doing, but I swear to I God. I mean, there's too many to pick, I right? swear to God, I thought it was going to be this one. Wait, Ellie, not to make us wait to get to our guest for like a hot second, but can you tell me why I picked that song? Because. You know, you know this. I know you know this. Because Wicked is super gay? No. Although that is a great <laughs> guess. A plus guess. That's not correct, though. <laughs> Oh my god! I don't know, Lee. I, I'm gonna hold the question, and we'll see if we'll see if our guest can answer for us. All right, all right. There's so many ways to be gay. Like I don't know what you're saying to me, but we'll yeah, we'll see. Oh my god! Introduce Grace. All right, and we'll, sorry, and we'll sorry, see. sorry, we'll sorry. We'll see. Okay, so today we are joined by a very exciting guest. We are joined by Grace Rowland, a gay media enthusiast who spends their time tracking down the good, the bad, and the ugly of queer content while reviewing and analyzing it on TikTok. Grace is also currently a student studying film with the goal of creating more queer stories. Hey, Grace, welcome. I'm very happy to be here. And I have no idea why you started singing Wicked. So this is going to be a bad start. Uh, Okay. Tell us. What's my favorite thing to talk about this season? Gayness? I mean, yes, but like one person in particular. Oh, Jojo Siwa. Jojo Siwa danced to Wicked, so of course I picked Wicked. Come on. All right, all right. Sorry, that was honestly. Wow, really leaving me hanging That was literally like that freaking meme, the guy like putting stuff together on the board. Like (laughs) Ellie's doing advanced calculus somewhere in her brain. No one is in your brain enough to put together that, Lee. I had a lot of songs to choose from. I picked the one JoJo danced to. Of course I did. All Come right. On. Grace, I have a question Everyone for you. Everyone was waiting to hear me talk about JoJo Siwa again this season. We were. We all were. I have a question for you, Grace. If mm-hmm. you were to start the episode with the gayest song in Descendants, what song would you pick? 
uh, space between. Space like, between. Not a thought. Not not <laughs> right a answer. second thought in my mind. <laughs> I was because I thought you were either gonna sing space between or wicked and I or so many ways to be wicked, but. Honestly, every song. How funny would it have been if I had just started breaking out the like R-I-D-I-C-U-L-O-U-S? Like that would have been amazing. Or you could have just been was like, that a really good rendition of it? What's my name? And we're like, please, please. <laughs> just just me rapping the entire boat fight song. There yeah. honestly is so much rapping in this, and like I feel 50-50 about it. No, no. 50-50 is the best way to feel about that song. And do you know why? Is because they did Mal so dirty in that song making the poor little white girl rap and writing her like the worst verses yeah uma stuff is passable everything mal sings in that song you're just like who hates you (laughs) who dislikes you on the songwriting it's bad ben ben trying to rap like i cannot with that i can't but so here we we are 50 is the right answer (laughs) yep here we are to talk about descendants clearly we have a lot of thoughts (laughs) we haven't even started our imdb synopsis and i'm already going off (laughs) But let's do this. We haven't. We didn't even officially introduce what we're. Yeah, talking we didn't even about. tell we people we were talking in. about Descendants. But to be fair, if you're listening to this and you know Descendants, you, you, you clicked knew. on a title that said Descendants. Yeah, yeah, you also. know what we're talking about. <laughs> but people, here we I'm are. sure have been waiting for this episode. I oh, feel like people have been asking for this episode for a long time. I'm glad. Yeah, a long time. I'm excited to talk about our experiences with Descendants because I feel like we've waited a little while because of certain experiences, but I love it. Let's go into our MDB synopsis because I don't okay. want to give it away. For anyone who, like me before this week, has never seen Descendants, our IMDb synopsis is as follows. The teenage son of the king and queen of Oridon offers the troublemaking children of villains a chance to attend prep school in the kingdom. I We should clarify, that is just the IMDb synopsis for, for the one. first movie. Wait, should we do, Although, wait, should we do the synopsis <laughs> for two? As, should sorry, we read let them me, for two and two? Yeah, and we have cause... to. I'm sorry. Let me just pull those up real quick. Why don't you read two and I'll pull three up? Because okay. I didn't even watch three, so this will be the only thing I know about the movie going into this discussion. <laughs> great, great. great. <laughs> uh, yeah, three is not quite as gay as I want it to be, so it's fine. All right. For two, Descendants 2, which I would argue is the gayest of them all. Mal, Evie, Carlos, and Jay try to adjust to life in Auradon, but Mal becomes overwhelmed with pressure and returns to her roots. Okay, okay. Great synopsis. And Descendants 3 synopsis, the teenagers of Disney's most infamous villains return to the Isle of the Lost to recruit a new batch of villainous offspring to join them at Auradon Prep. I'm noticing a theme. There's a trend here. <laughs> yes. gonna, it's all kind of the same, just like reworded a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very much the um, same. They're pretty much always just going back and forth between the aisle and Oridon and like, are we going to open the portal? I don't know. Like, should we close it? We'll see. But- what I love about this is we just got three kind of meh IMDb synopses. And now I feel like we should counter with three way better Gay synopses. gay synopses. Let's do it. Grace, you're the one who suggested that we do this. You have to kick it off. All right. So I'm I'm starting strong, I guess. The queer-coded <laughs> villains of your childhood have grown up and produced even queerer children who go spread queer chaos in the land of Oridon. Yes. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I Wait, read this-, this to my roommate and she was she was very proud. Yes. It, they, as she should be, honestly. That's such a good synopsis. <laughs> 
This was not my synopsis, but let me just say, I'm going to say one sentence about the parents and then I'll do my actual synopsis, which is, okay. how dare a child born from Kristen Chenoweth and Cheyenne Jackson pretend to be straight? Mm. Mm. How mm-hmm. dare? I have so many bullet points about this. How <laughs> dare? <laughs> Hades and Maleficent's kid is not straight. There's no way. There are Wait, is Hades her dad? Is this though. what you learn in three? Yeah, yeah. You three. missed three because uh. Cheyenne Jackson plays Hades and is yes. Mal's father. <laughs> okay, I'll, well, I'll have to watch three uh, tonight. Listen. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy that we have introduced you to Descendants. But this is my actual gay synopsis. We can talk okay, about the parents. Us. Do it. Okay. Mal, daughter of Maleficent, confronts her own villain identity through her stale and unsatisfying relationship with Ben, daughter of Belle and Beast. Until she finally realizes her true past feelings for her friend Evie and her new feelings for her arch nemesis, Uma. I'm really excited (laughs) to see if you just have to edit out me trying desperately not to laugh over that entire thing. I feel like stale is a word that has not been in enough of our gay synopsis, but like what an accurate, accurate word right now. It's so stale. Yeah. It's so stale. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, listen, it's a perfect it's the perfect word to describe a relationship with a piece of white bread toast. Right. Yes. Like, Correct. That's a plus. A plus. I'm sorry. Well this We're not even there yet. But when he is in the in the water in between, <laughs> in between Uma and and freaking Mal, I'm like, what is happening? Why do you? That is. Wait, can I tell you? That is verbatim what came out of Kelsey's mouth in that scene is the words. What is happening right now? <laughs> like, why do you think you you're the one who's going to save the kingdom when like you're literally in between like two super powerful women? That, um, but that's, he, you know. he yelled real loud first, Ellie. Did you miss, <laughs> did thought, you miss the roaring? I thought that maybe if. If the roar had turned him into a beast, I would yeah, like, cool. Yeah, that's what we were waiting for. It's like, is he going to turn into a beast and then get sopping wet and look ridiculous? Because I was really excited for that. No, but I'm sorry. I... You get that You get that in the third movie. You get a little oh, bit of okay. a beast transformation, but it's Which not, it's not worth slightly it. more interesting. Things, like, things for, for me to look forward to. Listen. <sighs> I'm sorry. I really told you before this. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> you need to do your gay synopsis. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm, let me do my gay synopsis and then we can dive into all of our thoughts on this movie. So here's my gay synopsis for anyone who has not seen Descendants. You know when you've gone your whole life and you've never eaten a strawberry and then one day you try <laughs> a strawberry and you're like, oh my God, is this what strawberries are like? Like, this is amazing. And then the like boring guy that you're supposed to have a crush on is like, wow, do you want to like go like strip down and go swimming right now? And you're like, wow, actually, I'm just like super into this strawberry right now. Like, (laughs) had you ever tried strawberries? And he's like, yeah, strawberries are great. And you're like, oh, my God, all I want to do is eat strawberries now. Yeah, that's what this movie is about. Yeah, it's very (laughs) accurate. I love these movies so much. Like, I really do. Um, so let's dive in a little bit. We might have lost Grace already. <laughs> oh, I love it. These are like all of my feelings just like straight out of the gate. I'm like, I can't. I can't. I can't. I just no, can't. No, no. Anyways, there's hashtag relatable content yes. descendants. I also would like say. to. Yeah, I also would like to say like just to prepare for this. We have a section of our outline that says like which character should have been gay. And I have seven characters. It's, it's a cast list. It's just. <laughs> I have seven I went, characters written down. Yeah. 
I went to the IMDb page and I just started copying names down (laughs) at that point. Yeah, it's correct. It's because you're right. So if you have more, please. Yeah. Like every one of them. Um, But wait, first, can we can we just real quick? I got to hear everyone's uh, what's all what's all of our experience with the movie? I feel like we should start with you, Grace, because it sounds like there's, you know, there's some history there. Well, so I feel like I watched this at like an age appropriate time when I was like young. What was that like? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're like as adults, like me at 34 watching for the first time. Probably different. I so I watched it and I think the queer aspect just like went right over my head I thought it was catchy music whatever and then my mom decided one night that we were gonna sit down and binge the Descendants movies again and I was I mean I realized the world of Mal and Evie did exist and I was enlightened and then watching this a third time I don't know how I watched it the first time and didn't pick up on anything (laughs) it was an experience and I was very glad to have a chance to rewatch Ellie what about you Okay, so I have like a really actually interesting experience with Descendants is that I did watch it when I was an adult for the first time. But I was on, so it was my girlfriend's 28th birthday. We went to Miami. It was going to be this like big trip. And we rented this really nice hotel room. And then like one night we were like, you know what? We don't really want to go out. Let's just like order food and like see what's on TV. And what was on TV was Descendants. And so it was on and we were like, okay, like we'll watch a little bit. And then we got sucked in. <laughs> like we hardcore watched Descendants. We, cause it was like, it had to be a marathon. Like every, one, two and three played right after each other. And I think it was like four in the morning. We're like still watching Descendants. And I was like, wait, why is this one of the best films I've ever seen? For me, because you know Kenny Ortega directed this. Lee, do you know that? I did not know that, no. So Kenny Ortega directed it. And so I was like, of course, because for me, I watched High School Musical at an age-appropriate time. And so when I watched Descendants, it has like very High School Musical vibes, but also like much, much gayer than High School Musical. So yeah, I started, I watched it. I loved it. I'm pretty sure I probably texted you, Lee, to be like, we have to do a Should Have Been Gay and Descendants. But this was like two years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And we've had it on our list. And then finally, I sent it over to Grace and she was like, we have to do Descendants. (laughs) And I was so excited because it meant that I got to watch them again. So I binged all three again this week and I was not disappointed. (laughs) I just love it. The, The singing is very good besides the rapping. (laughs) <laughs> the music is really good. I, I vibe on all of it. I mean, Kristen Chenoweth, Kathy Najimy, yeah. Cheyenne Jackson, just like coming in the third movie to just surprise us all. It's just, I don't know, it, it really hooked me. And then just the gayness of it has just made my life complete. So I'm so excited we're talking about it because I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> Well, and and here's what's great about it, because, of course, my experience with this is I clearly did not watch these at an age appropriate time. (laughs) They're they're still delightful. But I at least had the awareness, I think, A, because like you had mentioned this like a while back and we do we've had 
like gotten requests for it or you'll see someone post like people will you know like you'll see someone like post like something on twitter about like their how they ship mal and evie and then of course jojo siwa obviously you know just (laughs) your love (laughs) our our lord and savior jojo siwa i cannot Um, so so i at least had like somewhat of like an idea going into this whereas like my poor wife who sits through so many movies for us to do these episodes with me all the time where it's like Monday night and I'm like oh by the way we have to watch two movies this week at least so buckle up and I was like yeah we have to watch this like we have to watch these movies it's called Descendants like we we like stole my friend's Disney plus login right now so I was like we can watch them they're on Disney we just need to like you know, get the girls in bed and we can like watch these movies. And <laughs> and when we went sat down to watch the first one and I'm like getting on Disney Plus to like look it up. And she was like, she was like, have I heard of this? Like, isn't that did we watch this? No, that's the departed. <laughs> and, <laughs> Very much not. The and I same. was like, I was like, very different. Yes, we have seen the departed no, this is not The Departed. <laughs> and I'm like, this is literally all happening like as I'm getting the screen up and like that, you know, that when you like find a movie and the like poster photo, like the 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 four of them is like popping up on screen as I'm talking about this. And she was like, yeah, no, wait, what is this? <laughs> and I was like, definitely not The Departed. <laughs> and then we watched them and I mean, they're, listen, they're just... They're just fun. And especially like I did grow up at an age appropriate time in the heyday of Disney Channel original movies. And like what a it's just it's like a nostalgic breath of delightful Disney air. You know, you're just like, ah, yes, it's like here's the bad CGI of my youth that I've missed. (laughs) It stands up. I've missed so much and they're just as gay as every Disney Channel original movie always seems to be they just can't make a straight one I don't know what it is it's not my fault I blame Disney everything's gay it just has to be that like I do feel like Disney loves to hire like very interesting women and boring men and Ben and (laughs) and just a a rotating cast of Ben a rotating cast of Ben's it is just an endless, you know, like assembly line of just white bread being sliced one piece at a time into their movies. And I love um, all of the other men in yeah. this, just to be clear. Like everyone besides Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, love him. Want yes. him to get married to Gil and live a like meathead life. <laughs> can't wait just a happy himbo happy himbo life yeah um but let's dive in actually for this one i know we usually start with which character should have been gay but grace i was loving your synopsis so let's just talk like really quickly about like the themes of descendants that make it gay right like tell us a little bit more about what you mean by queer coded villains (laughs) Never well, heard of that. I, it's no, I mean, after watching your Lion King episode, I know we're all no stranger to the queer coding mm-hmm. of Disney villains, um, where they just they make the villains the most fun. They make them flamboyant and, you know, very much gay in, in yep. a way that we've all latched onto in our childhood. And there's no way that you can have them be the root characters for a new series of characters and not have them also turn out to be extraordinarily queer yep correct yes correct you are correct 
I mean, let's talk quickly about, so the first film, right, we have, we do have all of their parents and we don't see their parents in two or three, which is like really actually sad to me. Yeah. But we have all their parents and I sense that there's some sexual tension between Maleficent and the evil queen. I also did pick up on that, but then I thought that made the Mal and Evie thing weird. So I shoved that out of my brain. <laughs> you know what? We I'm like, I grew up in the 90s, 2000s. We had a lot of step-sibling uh, <laughs> relationships <Fair>. on TV. <laughs> so listen, I I also I think it's really it's really important. <laughs> so I'm trying to do this so straight and I can't even get through it. It's you can't really do anything important. straightly. I I can't, especially not this. You'll. <laughs> I, I want to pretend that this is a deep statement, so bear with me. Okay, okay go listen. for it. Yep. <clears throat> it's very important representation because I feel like you know, like we hear that old conservative trope all the time of like, listen, if you took all the gay people and put them on an island together, like they would all slowly die, and I feel like that doesn't. <laughs> is proof that that's not true actually if you took all the queer people and put them on an island located in like an 1820s shanty town they would all have delightfully gay children and i think that's important for us to know okay that's all yeah i think the there's a reason why i enjoy the first half of the first descendants movie way more than the second half and it's because <laughs> they're more fun when they're like surrounded by the isles influence and then they're just and they're, boring. And they're like, little like Oliver knockoff songs and everything. <laughs> I mean, it's just great. Yeah. It's great. I the for some reason that is the thing that is the funniest to me is that it's like when you you go into Oridon and they're like, we have 3D printers and candy. And then you go to the Isle of the Lost and they're like, please, sir. Can I have some more? And I'm like, what is happening? Why are you in two different time zones? Like, like air, not time zones, like eras of time. Like, why are you in two different, like, historical well, decades? I have some, like, intense, like, analysis of this, like. <laughs> please, please hit me with it. Well, I'm ready. I was watching it and I was just like, wow, this is such a, like, fucked up allegory about, like, social classes, too. Yeah. Oh, and for I was, sure. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, okay, so, like rich people like even the third movie which you didn't get to watch lee but it's basically the point is like the good people of oregon get like redemption and forgiveness and like the poor people in the aisle get like jail and like completely oh, good cut good, off good, good. right and good i was message. actually i was watching it and i was actually like wow this is intense because it's like very and they're just like and i'm like this is actually like a pretty fucked up thing like I also was rooting for pretty much everyone on the Isle of the Lost like I I don't understand why the whole story is about Oridon. to me I'm like okay Mal go back to the Isle of the Lost and stay there like why do you even like Oridon? like that well that Evie's me, there I mean let's start there. <laughs> well, that's, oh my god sorry that is so true because the only person she's upset about leaving is Evie that's why they have the entire song, but I digress. Yeah, she doesn't get a duet with Ben. No, she gets no, a duet with no. Evie. Correct. Yeah. She literally never sings with Ben. No. Oh my God. That is so true. Yeah. Nate, do they, they rap at each other at any point? I don't remember. 
no, like, <laughs> he sings at her. At each other. He sings at her uh, in the first movie, but that's they don't sing together. And he's like swimming naked in the lake, and she's like, "Let me sing a song." <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. They never sing to each other. They like have. He sings at her. He also sings at her when he because he proposes in the third movie, Lee. So they get engaged okay, in the third I a, movie. I had a momentary little, <laughs> uh, okay, I'm it's fine. I'm the, okay. Oh, God, it's the worst. I'm like, why are you guys getting married? This is so dumb. How many times does she have to give the ring back is what I want to know. Like, what, I mean, true, anyways. True, anyways. Sorry, I went, I'm going too intense. But my point is that I see the villains as like the far more interesting characters. And I feel like they're like, so queer on the aisle and then they go to Oridon and all of their queerness is like sucked out of them and it's supposed to be like oh yippee like now they're good and like this is actually like a nightmare like them going to Oridon is not their happy ending <laughs> like them going to Oridon is them straight washing these villains yes you know you know and well because Grace you said you listened to our our Nightmare Before Christmas episode too so you know how when we talked about Nightmare Before Christmas I was like I could see like Halloween Town being both super gay and I could also see Christmas Town being the super gay allegory there is there is one there is only one <laughs> Yeah. There is one interpretation here. Oridon is is you're absolutely correct, Ellie. Is straight washed. It's yes. straight land. This is straighty McStraighty hetero town. Yeah. 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 Correct. <laughs> it really is. Well, of course it is. They took all the gay people and shipped them to an island. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I have but- I have lots like that first scene in the first movie tells you a lot about Oridon. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna we can move on to where you guys need to go first. No, no, no. We- no, no, no. Tell Let's talk, Please tell us. Let's Please tell us. Okay. Yeah, what does the first scene say? So immediately you have the beast like making already one of those like, oh, I kind of hate my wife jokes in the beginning where he's like, oh, yeah, like it was either you or Mrs. Potts, like whatever. Already straight oh, yeah. people hate their partners. And then you and then you have them talking to Ben about like his proclamation about wanting to invite the villain kids over. And you have a very gay taylor working on ben's outfit at the time and as soon as the beast starts saying that like the villains are bad and we can't invite them over the taylor runs out of the room if that's not a sign that that they are like gay bashing these villains i don't know what is yes i think the whole point is that like well we have a few overarching themes that have come up in many of our should have been gays that like really hardcore hit here number one villains gay right and then number two is magic being gay right because it's the same thing right where they talk about in Oridon oh magic exists but we hide it away Uh, in a museum uh. (laughs) for no one to touch right so there's like so many things that are and that's why I love the second movie the most because the whole point of the second movie is Mal is doing magic, gay. <laughs> and she's like, wait, I liked myself way more before I came here and turned myself into this straight person. And I still am pissed that she somehow isn't supposed to use her magic anymore. Mm-hmm. Like the end of the second movie 
is like, oh, I don't need this book anymore because I have a man. I'm like, are you fucking I'm, I'm going to I'm going to hurl again a little bit. <laughs> so gonna... Sorry, there's so much. But let's let's dive into character by character because Mal is are, we're already sort of there. Grace to you. What are the what what are the gay things about Mal? <laughs> oh, I mean, so many. First off, parental trauma. I feel like already is a big indicator. And then you have like very deep, close female friendships. You have mm-hmm. really no interest in Ben until he starts showing like extreme interest into her, which is compulsory heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. But we don't need to dive into that. And I think just her living her best life when she's away from him is probably a sign <laughs> that he's not the one. And also every interaction with Uma. And that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, can wait. When you say shows no interest in Ben, it was possibly my favorite thing about the first movie is how it is like a plot point how much she avoids kissing him. Like, it is so deliberate for no reason that they provide. And it is so funny. Like, it's so comical how much she avoids ever kissing him to the point that they use it as their little ending tag thing as the very last shot of the movie when they're like they still haven't kissed they still haven't kissed they're doing this she gives him a hug right she picks the (laughs) ring up gives him a hug and then the very last scene of the movie they they go in as though they're going to and she turns at the last second and is like you didn't think that was the end of the story, right? Like that whole thing. And Kelsey and I were watching because we'd been waiting for it at this point, right? You've been watching the whole movie and they're like, we're like, they still haven't kissed. Like they have never, because she has never kissed him. And you get to that final scene and we're like, oh, okay, fine. Wait a minute. Wow, that's what they went with. Like it is hilarious how long they push that envelope of like, how long can we do this until we have to have them kiss? I mean- what is because happening here? Because they shouldn't kiss. Ever. What is happening? I mean, as you mentioned, she had a more intimate moment with those strawberries than she ever <laughs> did with them. Listen, the strawberries almost took me out. Like I almost died when he was like, he's like taking his shirt off and he's like, "You want to go swimming?" And she's like, she bites into that fucking strawberry, and her face was like. <laughs> Her she face. no desire to get into that like that's the that cracked me up too because I'm also like this man like also if she doesn't want to go swimming like also like maybe read the room and like don't go swimming yeah like like yeah. what a like man thing to do to be like well I want to do it so I know we're on a date <laughs> but like I'm gonna go jump in this lake back here I, watch also, me like also I desperately because you know why because he's a he's a fucking golden golden retriever golden retriever yeah right let's be real that's who Ben is as a character and honestly I just, dude the dog has more personality the <laughs> he does he does but the only thing that i really want from that scene where he goes swimming is i really want someone to to make someone make us a tiktok of ben going swimming with the here's my hair wet wet audio that's what i want because that's what he is <laughs> that's him <laughs> right 
he's just he it's no clue no clue you're watching your girlfriend like have a queer revelation about strawberries right now and he's like splash 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 not a no just absolutely no awareness of anything happening around him i just love it i just love it it's so bad like and the date is like does he tell her he loves her on the date he's like do you love me and she's like i don't know what love is yeah, or is yeah, that she like, like that, that, is that on that date? Or is that in the second movie? No, the, he definitely asks her uh, in the first movie. Yeah, she's like, I don't think I've ever felt love or whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, because you're gay. Like <laughs> she spends so much of uh, at least the movies that I saw, so much of her time is spent actively avoiding discussing how she feels about Ben at any point in time. <laughs> She actively, she makes a love potion to set him free because she does not want that anymore. She is tired of it. She literally is like, I will not keep this man in love with me. Like, she's pretending not like one it's- one second longer yeah, than she's necessary. She's pretending it's for her, but she's like, no, get him away from me. Like, please leave. <laughs> oh, God. God, their relationship is literally, it's so, it's just so boring. Like, I literally don't, yeah understand it it's like what do they like get or give to each other there's and like talking about like intimate female friendships obviously mal and evie huge one they've been best friends forever they're like constantly i think this is in like maybe the second one where like they're going off for girl talk and carlos is like no you always are going off just the two of you like you're gonna include us for once and i'm like how often are they just like going off? Just the Carlos two of you. Carlos is like, we're all gay here. Let's all sit and talk together, <laughs> like, please. That you're that pissed off that they are leaving by themselves again. So clearly, like Evie knows all her secrets. Evie's the only one who knows that Hades is her father. We learned that in the third movie, Lee. Like she's like the only person I've ever told who my real dad is is Evie. Oh, of course, of course, of course it would be. Like who else would it be? There's just she like- doesn't she doesn't leave a note for Ben to find when she goes back mm-hmm. to the Isle of the Lost. She leaves a note for Evie. And then Evie has to go be like, oh, P.S. Ben, Mal's gone. <laughs> she gives Evie his ring. She doesn't even want to interact with him no. for that. <laughs> no. Yep. Can't even leave it on his desk or anything. Just, no. Leaves a messenger. <laughs> There's also, this in the first movie, there's actually some like really sweet moments between the two of them when Evie is trying to go for Chad, right? And Chad's being like a complete a-hole to her, basically is like, do my homework. And she's like, if like he doesn't care about you, like you're smart, you're perfect, you're pretty, like you're everything that anyone would ever want, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, for who though, Mel? Perfect for who? Uh. Oh, oh and they also say in the first one that Mal has never had a boyfriend. Wait, I literally wrote this conversation down word okay, for word because I, because I thought it was so I, yeah, insane. There, it's when they're on the bleachers, right? Yes. When they're watching the tourney. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Whatever yeah. this sort of like lacrosse slash. I, I don't even know. I what don't know. I don't know. Rugby yeah. slash like dodgeball hybrid is. Yeah. Mal says, boys are a waste of time. And then Evie, Agreed. is it Evie who goes, how would you know you don't have a boyfriend? And she goes, that's because I don't need one. Boys are a waste of time. 
Yeah, sounds like every straight teenage girl I know, you know. Mal's so queer-coded in the first one. Uh, and it kills me that they, like, strip her queerness, like, slowly away. You can't even, with that conversation, you can't even pretend that it's just like, oh, it's because Ben is good. No, she's saying there are no boys that have ever held her interest enough yes. for her to care. Yep. Because she's always had Evie. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she has more more chemistry with Audrey than she ever does with Ben, honestly. I mean, yeah. listen, <laughs> at least they're feisty with each other, you yeah. know? Ben is just like soggy spaghetti being tossed at her face. And she's like, <laughs> I have no interest in this whatsoever. This is horrifying. This is a horrifying experience that I wish to end as quickly as possible. Mal has chemistry with like every woman she comes into contact with. Yes. It's wild. Jane, too. Yes. 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 When in the bathroom. Oh my god. Yeah. Listen, you know, you know I love a subtly coded gaze in the bathroom scene. I mean, that's that's my jam. She did not need to hold her the way that she did in that bathroom scene, but she went for it. Yep. yep. And also like her whole thing that she's like giving everyone haircuts, right? Like <laughs> Mal's literally like a queer barber. She's like, "Honey, we need to fix you." <laughs> Is Mel the Shane of the Disney Plus teen crowd? Let's discuss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what discussion do you need? This is it. I felt like the haircuts were like a like a subtle nod to like every time a girl got a haircut, she got a little gayer because they're yes. all they are all falling in love with Mal on that in that like scene. There's a yeah. scene where yeah they're all they're all at the picnic tables right yeah. and they're like Mal mm-hmm. Mal thanks for the hair. Like, they're like <laughs> they're like pointing to their head being like I'm looking very mal today. <laughs> yes. And yes. Like, not to get like PG-13, but like Do them it. ripping their skirts to like <gasps> show their <laughs> mal yes. influence. Oh my god. I forgot about the ripping of the skirts. Like what? Like mal's queer energy literally rubbed so hard off on them that they were like we want to be more naked. Because we're near Mal. Like, that's insane. She has- Jane's face when she does it, too. Just incredible. Incredible. Well, there's so much, too, about, okay, like, the villain context, right? Is like, everything villainous is, like, forbidden or, like, secretive or, like, you know, you shouldn't do these things. So it's, like, all of that, like, buildup is, like, so many times when people are, like, I wish I was more like Mal or I wish I was more like this. Like, they wish they were more free to be who they really are. They wish they were more, like, rebellious. And we can say, like, rebellious against, like, society's norms, right? But it's, (laughs) it is, like, they get gayer and gayer the more Mal influences them. Mm -hmm. I wish to see an entire Descendants series where, Basically, like, the villains come into Oridon and turn Oridon into the Isle rather than the Oridon, like, they become more Oridon people. That would be so much better. It would make for, because the thing I like about the second movie and I don't like about the second movie is it's all about going back to the Isle and, like, unlearning what Oridon did to her. But then they end up going back. So it, if they flipped that movie, 100% perfect movie. Yes. No, I agree. That's why I thought the second one was so gay because it was like, okay, finally, she's realizing like, I don't want to be this person. And she goes back 
And then we also have the space between. So I feel like we have to do um, a gay reading of just like the lyrics to a space between. So I'm just going to pull them up. Everyone pull <laughs> dramatic, up. Your- a dramatic reading. Everyone Wait. pull up your gay um, uh, oh, your I gay got Bibles. Them up. I came prepared. Don't you worry. <laughs> because we do. We talked about this earlier. She only really cares. The only reason she's upset about going back to the aisle is really because she's going to miss Evie. Otherwise, she's much happier there. She like fits in better. She is herself. She gets her hair dyed back to her gay hairstyle. She has a whole gay makeover by Dizzy. Is Dizzy the new shade on the aisle now? (laughs) (laughs) I do think Dizzy is such a baby, such a little baby gay, but. I mean, she she has a huge, huge crush on Evie, so correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, but so do I, so it's like. (laughs) So does everyone. (laughs) All right, so let's read through this. Just start at the top. Just literally read the first two, like. Let's read a stanza and discuss a stanza. This will take us probably, we could actually probably do an entire episode on this, but here we go. I mean, yes, correct. First, First stanza. I didn't know what you were going through. I thought that you were fine. Why did you have to hide? How Are could you- anyone read anything gay in I mean, <laughs> wow. Just we're really no, not at all. we're really pulling at, you know, just yeah. thin thin straws here. Yeah. All right, and that's Evie, right? And then Mal yes. goes back. I didn't want to let you down, but the truth is out. It's tearing me apart, not listening to my heart. Wild. Wild. Hmm. I serenade my friends like that all the time. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exa- every day. It's also like, okay, so, you know, we're talking about hiding. The truth is out. This is like literally like, okay. So These Mal, are gay lyrics. Mal just came out of the closet and her friend Evie is like, I'm so sorry you had to deal with all of that on your own. Like, I'm so sorry you had to hide and you couldn't tell me. And Mal's like, I know, I just, like, didn't want you to think any differently of me because I'm gay. Like, that's literally what that's about. There's no other interpretation of that. <laughs> Nothing. All right. Who wants to read the next part? Well, are we? Are you actually going to have us read the entire song? Because I, I mean, most, most of it. I, Why? I, you want to okay. pick a few lines? I was going to jump to the getting into the chorus of it. All like, right, all right. Jump into the chorus. Okay, so they both start singing together and they sing, and you can find me in the space between where two worlds come to meet. I'll never be out of reach. Yeah. Listen, here's what I love about this is I feel like really at its core, what a bisexual anthem this song is, right? Yes. Let's look at their hair, the color scheme. You can find me in the space between. I feel like it's, yeah, it's like, like I just don't the, belong. It's just talking in, like, about the gray world. area of sexuality, yeah. right? Like yeah. somewhere in the space between on the spectrum. And there's also um, when it says where two worlds come to meet, that's also giving me like two become one vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like correct. <laughs> two people meeting, you know, feels very sexual. Not going to not going to sugarcoat that one. And yeah, it just, it's just a gay song. Just what else? What else, Ellie? Come on, have there's you, more. I know. I know have, there's more. There's like a specific gif of if you get it right, there's a spot where like they lean in, they look like they're about to kiss. And then they like kind of pull back, but it looks romantic. It's Listen, the forehead part. Yes. That whole song, their faces 
are so close together. Mm-hmm. Like, again, not friends, not how friends sing a friend song to each other, no. right? Like, when we talk about, when, when, <laughs> when we talk about our problems with some of the choreography in like the movie version of the prom and we're like why are how am i supposed to believe that these two girls are in love when they are literally holding hands so and far apart as physically <laughs> far apart as they can get from each other this is the opposite of that right this is the complete like 180 across from that is how close together their faces are for so much of this for song. So long. No, the forehead crushed me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who puts their forehead on their friend's forehead? Yeah. I'm sorry. That is a relationship move. That is while like, singing, because you're a part of me, so you can find me in the space between. You'll never be alone. There's no not a lot of space go. between them. <laughs> This is again nailed it, nailed it, Ellie. Directly following her kicking Ben out, like there's not even a moment to breathe before she's like, "I don't want to see you," and then she's serenading Evie. (laughs) Yeah, like, yep. She's like, "I don't, yeah, I don't want to see you. I just need to sing with my best friend." So (laughs) can you go? (laughs) It it's too much, and they end the song holding hands. And I'm sorry, but like, you know, when you're in middle school, I feel like this, at least this was the thing for me. You're in middle school and you're like, okay, holding hands like this, no one can see me. But you know what I'm saying? Like when you hold hands and like your fingers are not interlocking. Yes. That's how you hold hands with your friends, right? If your fingers are interlocking, you're like, oh my God, we're dating. Like this is the moment. Those were the rules. Yes. Right? Like the interlocking means you're together and they are interlocking. That's how they end the scene is literally them interlocking their fingers together, holding hands and just being like, oh, so we're just in love. just picture this, Ellie, because I, you know, I just want to keep reading the lyrics at you now that I now that I know how invested you are. So interlocked <laughs> fingers, even if we're worlds apart, you're still in my heart. It will always be you and me. Just a perfectly platonic friendship song sung by two friends about how good of friends they are. <sighs> God. Both of them have male love interests at this point, but it is yeah. only yeah, yeah. only the two of them. Yeah, 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 no one else. And they Can are definitely not beards of convenience, for sure. <laughs> Can you imagine if the song was like, it's just you and me and our boyfriend? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, forgot about them. Like, it's, it's... You know what I actually want is I want it to be, I just want it to be like, it's just you and me. And then in the background, Ben and Doug pop up and are like, and us. <laughs> We're still here. Like, Doug is you? literally uninvolved. He is, back, yes. he doesn't know where she is. He doesn't know what's going on. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing 
to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> I also, is this in? This must be in the third. Let's talk quickly about, because we've talked about Mal and Ben. As we're talking about Mal and Evie, we do have to talk about Evie and Doug. <laughs> and while I do, okay, I'm just going to say, while I do love what they tried to do with Doug is to like subvert some tropes of like, oh, she really wants like a very like, cl- like classically handsome prince. And she ends up like really falling in love with someone who sees her and like sees like her her as a smart girl and like loves her for her. And I appreciate that about Doug. However, it's just like it makes no like it just makes no sense. Like you barely see them together. And like whenever you do, they seem like it seems like she's like, oh, Doug, like my good friend, Doug, like pat on the head, Doug. And there's just no chemistry between the two of them. So I'm like, yeah, cool. But like they have no chemistry. That's the friendship between like a lesbian and a really supportive man. And they talk about women together. Yes. That's what that is. (laughs) Yes. One thousand percent. Yes. And in three, which I'm sorry, you have not seen it, Lee, but in three. It's okay. Spoilers. Spoilers all all across the board tonight. It's first, fine. first of all, Doug's hair in three. Like, oh, no. no. Oh, no. I don't know who allowed him to walk on set like that and say, like, it's okay. Yeah, like, this is a good look for you. He grew it out. So he's, like, wearing a man ponytail. Oh, which, no, like, Doug. <laughs> To each and their it's just, own. like the grossest but, little low-hanging right. ponytail. That deserves its own episode. Just that. <laughs> it's ponytail. not. It also is the moment where I'm like, okay, maybe Doug is gay too. Like this is his <laughs> moment to be like, I'm just trying something new because like I'm not really sure who I am. Like that's what I felt like. But there's an entire scene where Evie, he's asleep, right? Because there, he's been put under a spell. And Evie sings an entire song basically being like, I hope he's my true love because I hope he'll wake up when I kiss him. Like, it's very, like, I'm not quite sure if I love him, but, like, I'll try to kiss him and see if he wakes up. Like, that's a song. I I feel like <laughs> I just want everyone to know the extremely disappointed face that I am making this entire conversation. And it's, I think it's, I don't it's like it at all. really important for context that the people singing background vocals are Uma and Mal. The entire time just following her around, like peeping out of little doorways, just like singing at her. Stop it. It is. And like, stop it. The song is like just not about Doug, right? Like she's singing about Doug, but like the song is just about her in inner feelings being like, I guess this is what love is. Like it's such a like submerged gayness song. And then, like, of course, because it's Disney, she kisses him and he, like, wakes up. And then they have, like, a tiny moment where he's like, I guess we're in love. And then cut to the next scene. (laughs) And we, like, never see Doug again, right? And, like, the whole film. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say all of the, like, the girls and or the villains, I feel like they just have glow-ups across the movies. This feels like a (laughs) (laughs) glow-down. This this feels like... (laughs) This feels like the opposite of that. Poor Doug. Um, I'm. I feel like I want to say the same for Ben. Like I don't know why. I feel like Ben. I mean, I haven't seen three. Does he look any better in three? Because I didn't think he looked better in two than he did in one. 
I'm going to be real. He has a little moment where he has the fangs and like a beard. I was feeling a little some sort of way. Okay, but other okay. than that. When he beasts, when he beasts out. Yes, he, other than that, he's, yeah. That's what I said at the beginning. I'm like, when he beasts out, that's like the only time I find him interesting. <laughs> that's it. But yeah, he yeah. does have some, he, he can rock the facial hair. Yeah. And yeah, he does like I, I was I was looking up the pictures of Doug's hair and I'm like, OK, well, Evie looks fantastic. Like, I feel like her hair is like an even slightly different shade of blue again. And I'm just like, mm, really nailed it. Evie like, looks looking so great. good in three. Looks so Evie good. Looks right. So good in three. Yeah. And and I'm thinking of like the Lonnie glow up from like Descendants to Descendants 2 for me, which like, whoo, girl, <laughs> like, come on. You know? I love Lonnie. And then you're looking at you yeah, and then you're looking at like. Doug's hair and I'm like what happened here what happened it was not good poor Doug I feel like can we touch on Lonnie for a second because arguably one of the queerest Disney storylines they've ever done is Mulan and yes literally verbatim repeated it in the second movie they just they said this is fine we're gonna do it again Yep. And make her look as gay as humanly possible. Like, what is happening and why is she so gay and why am I so into it? That's my only question. <laughs> and what I love about it, too, is, like, they hint at, like, maybe they're going to try to do, like, a love story between Jay and Lonnie. But then they don't. And I'm so happy that they don't. Because I'm like, no. Like, this is two, like, gay bros just, like, hanging out. And like being on the fencing team. My only issue with Lonnie in Descendants 2 is I refuse to accept the outfit she's wearing in that last scene. I was like, why? You literally have been wearing the uniform of the team the entire movie. She's just been slinking around in the background in her fucking sweatpants and her fucking sleeveless hoodie looking so good. And then as soon as she gets on the team, she's like, I'm going to wear a completely different thing. And I was like, why? Why? You've looked perfect. Don't change a thing, Lonnie. You've looked perfect the whole time. I know. She kills it. You know what I'd love is Lonnie and Uma. I could vibe on that. I could vibe on that. I could vibe on Lonnie and Jane, too, honestly. Honestly, listen. If you just Just name a pairing of women in this movie. movie, (laughs) Yeah, we'll take it. I'm here for it. It's fine. I'm not picky. (laughs) I want to talk about Uma because that is also. A God, huge, so huge reason why Descendants 2 is far superior to Descendants 1. Because Uma is one of the best characters in the entire Descendants series. <laughs> and I really think, like, it's very obvious she's Mal's ex. I, well, yes. I mean, yes. It's just, you see, Mal goes back to the island and all Uma wants is to get revenge on Mal for leaving. Her whole thing is like, I can't believe you left me. And that's her whole like storyline. Why she goes like buck wild to like kill everyone. She doesn't kill everyone, but like becomes like a sea creature basically because Mal left her. The idea of the arch nemesis is so inherently gay that you are spending your entire life dedicated to this person of the same sex. And just thinking about them nonstop of trying to get back at them, whatever. That, there is not a heterosexual explanation on why this person is consuming your thought. No. Why, why do we think enemies to lovers is such a popular trope, right? <laughs> That's why. That's why. Because it's obsession that turns just into a different kind of obsession. Yeah. <laughs> and Lee, when you do watch Descendants 3, Uma and Mal go 
through an enemies to lovers storyline. Stop it. Give it to me now. (laughs) Yep. They become friends and they also use magic together. Yep. Yep. Sounds about right. They can they can like consistently are like, oh, like we we make magic better together is basically what they're saying. And we have just we have said this many times before that like magic is a metaphor for queer sex and <laughs> especially when like you're doing it together and it's stronger than ever, you know? Yeah. What else did you have? Listen. What else did you have on Uma Grace? Because there was a lot in into. Well okay, no, go ahead. Go Start ahead. on two, yeah. Well, I think first off, what's my name? Getting a bunch of men. To basically fall down at your feet, that's like peak lesbian culture to me, in my opinion. <laughs> I feel like yes. that 100%. First off, there was a reason that was in my like top five Spotify rap when that <laughs> came out that year. Sounds right. Um, Amazing. It was incredible. And then also, I just think Uma had such good chemistry with every woman she spoke to. It wasn't just Matt. I don't know what China and McLean is doing, but there is something in every conversation that she has. Yep. There's the scene, um, I didn't write down any of the dialogue here, which I should have, but you know the scene where they're in, like, um, Mal comes into Ursula's kitchen? Mm-hmm. Did anyone write any of the dialogue there? Because I know it was I gay. didn't. I should have as well. I was. I got a little distracted by just all the sparks flying everywhere. I mean, come on. Are you talking about the, the arm wrestling scene? Yes. Yeah. For... <laughs> There was no need for contact, but they made up a reason for contact. They literally were like, so let's try to settle something. How should we do it? Should we Mm -hmm. wrestle? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Insane. And she wrestles her without even knowing what she wants in return. So she's just like, yeah, let's just wrestle because I want to. Yeah, that was intense. There also was just like, she kidnaps Ben, right? So I feel like there's also this thing with Uma where she's like, you know what? Kidnap the new boyfriend. Yeah, right? Mal, you left me, so how about I steal your boyfriend, and I'm going to take him. And then she does, she even tries to steal him, quote unquote, too. Like, she shows up at the end and is like, look, Mal, someone's in love with me. Remember what that was like? (laughs) (laughs) And she's just staring at Mal. She's not having any fun with him. She doesn't care about it. It's only for Mal, which is like just, oh, it's whoever wrote this knew what they were doing or they didn't. And they just gave us like the best gift they possibly could have. It's so, yeah, it's so performative, right? It's like literally like she has been on her arm, but like he could literally not be there. Like she's literally like dancing with Ben and like looking at Mal. (laughs) Like, you see this? See it? Yeah. Can we also discuss how she just has like a little gay crew of pirates? Like everyone around her is gay because, listen, Harry? Girl, please. I mean, (laughs) listen. I love Harry. Listen. I would just like to say that Harry is a beautiful, beautiful man. He has such good bone structure. That face is perfect. Well, I mean, also... He's just flawless. Like, can we discuss some of my favorite Harry moments? Yes. Because they're, they're also lyrics. And you know I love this, right? When we f- Here's our first introduction to Harry. Harry introduces himself by singing, Hey, she's the captain. I'm the first mate. Enemies seasick. Can't see straight. 
Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, Harry. Okay. And then he proceeds to, like, just rub himself up against Ben tied to a pole for a while. Like, I don't know what's going on there. I feel like he thinks he's being intimidating. And I'm like, you're just flirting. Like, I... No, he has he has moments with both Ben and Jay where he's trying to be intimidating, but it's just him like flirting with them. And yes. it's like this could go either way. He's just flirt. I'm like, I'm sorry. What do you think is is intimidating about coming up to a tied up man and like putting your face inches from him his face and going coochie coochie coo? Like what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he also says to Uma, "You said that I could hook him." Okay, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. This is... <clears throat> okay, I have to prepare for this one because this, I think, is actually my favorite thing that happened in the entirety of the two movies that I watched. Oh, all right. Here we go. Okay. In the big fight rap song... Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like Grace knows where I'm going with this. In the big fight rap song, which is called It's Going Down, Yep. Harry gets his moment to shine as well, okay? Yep. And uh, and I'm I'm gonna read starting with Uma's line that that kicks him off because it's important for the rhyme that is happening here. Okay, so Uma goes, so that's your big speech, huh? An empty ultimatum, and then Harry takes over with the following lines: All it takes is one swing, and I'll humiliate him. Matter of fact, make one wrong move, and I'll debilitate him. And if he even starts to slip. I'll eliminate him. All it takes is one wrong look and I'll... And then they stop him from finishing that line, which I'm convinced has no other ending than penetrate him. Like, what else is that building towards? I'm sorry. And Uma cuts him off going, Harry, we get it. Chill. And I literally paused the movie to laugh so hard because I was like, what just happened? Like, what is this movie rated? What is going on right now? What have what Harry? Harry. My lord, Harry. There is a lot of sexual tension between him and Ben. What, like a lot. what else is what's supposed to go there? What do we think is supposed to end that line? Like someone else tell me what is the obvious thing that that we are supposed to be able to fill in in our brains that he didn't say out loud. I got nothing. I feel like it's it's also added to the so I have a lot of like tension between Harry and Ben. I feel like so but much. I think Ben in this movie he becomes bisexual. I think he he goes through his little arc with uh, chilling like a villain. They're literally teaching him how to be gay. Yes. And then he gets his chance to shine his like gay final exam, if you will, with Harry. Yes. I love that too, because it comes back to our shit with like being a villain is just really means that you're queer. Yeah. And they are. They're like, and he's like, he loves it on the island aisle too. Like, he's definitely, like, he's, like, looking around. Like, don't look at that man. Like, he's, like, looking at men when he's there a lot. Like, he keeps just, like, looking around wide-eyed and smiling. Like, it looks like an adolescent, like, their first time at a gay bar. Mm. And they're, like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And they're, like, stop looking at them. They will have sex with you. And he's, like, what? <laughs> That that is such an appropriate analogy because one guy like opens his yes. trench coat and like and he 
he's like is trying to grab things from under there and they're like get get away from there <laughs> he is all in he is he is yeah he's too excited oh my god ben yeah and harry also has like great chemistry with jay all of the above yeah and yep. in that there's another thing in that fight scene where mal and uma are fighting each other with swords and there's a point where mal's like you miss me and it's like so yes. sexual i was like what the hell like i'm like i understand that's like a thing people say in fights but like you didn't need to say it like that like clearly uma misses you that's the whole point of this film like <laughs> she misses you so much that she wants to take over, like she wants to break the barrier so she can be with you. I wish I wrote this line down. I just remembered from like the uh, arm wrestling scene that they have dialogue where it's basically like Uma's basically saying like how much she's been stalking now and like whatever. And Mal's like, well, that's interesting. I haven't even thought about you since I've left. And that yes. is such like a post breakup line of like, how, what can I say to hurt her the most in this moment right now? Uh, it really, like, they read so hard like exes. Like, yeah. it's all, yeah, like, it's all Uma's thought about since Mal went to Oridon is, like, how can I get back at her for breaking my heart? Uh, and there's, okay, so this is so random, but it's going to be in the Q&A later, so I have to mention it. <laughs> have you seen, there's a short film, it's called Descendants Under the Sea. Okay, so when I was on Disney+, Plus, if you look up Descendants, it's like one, two, three. And then it had descendants under the sea. And the picture on the on the thing is Uma, yes, and, Uma and Mal. Mal, right? And yeah. I'm like, so what the hell? Like facing off. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like a face off, right? Yeah. And it's like a short film. And so it's 10 minutes long. I clicked on it. And I only got like halfway through because I was like, what is happening here? But what happens is Mal, I think it, it has to take place between two and three because Mal's like talking to Uma, basically being like, I know you're coming for me, but like, I'm going to come for you first. And she jumps into the water. She goes under the sea and they both sing Kelly Clarkson's What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Stronger. Oh, my God. Stop it. (laughs) To each other. (laughs) (laughs) Which like, hold on. Stronger (laughs) lyrics. Let's just look at this. Uh, Isn't it like, you know, the bed feels warmer sleeping here alone or something? It's a breakup yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. It's a breakup song. That is that is a breakup song. And they, for some reason, Disney decided, you know what? We're going to make a 10-minute music video where Mal and Uma sing a breakup song to each other under the sea. And if that's not evidence enough, I don't know what is. Wow, wow, wow. I know. I love the two of them together. I do. That's why, like, in my synopsis, I was like, I do feel like Mal and Evie, like, were in love but I feel like Mal and Uma for me like meet each other more where they're at now especially I think they have more continuity into the third movie where like the Mal and Evie thing kind of drops off Mm -hmm. but like they sing a song together in the third movie with other people but still the like um the one where all the knights are dancing it's very bizarre oh yeah 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 (laughs) I just love these movies but yeah like Lee, they literally turn into, like, in the third movie, basically Uma, Harry, and Gil come to Oridon to help them save everyone because Audrey is the villain of three. Okay, so Audrey. Oh, fascinating. And Audrey also makes a gay transformation. Oh, I love it. Queen of Mean. Queen of Mean is such a gay song. 
I would totally like ha- people have ha- had to done Queen of Mean like as a drag. Like I could totally see it at drag brunch. I think also what is an indicator that it's uh, a gay song is that they have an official mashup Disney released between What's My Name and Queen of Mean just together. I cried when that when I saw that that was out and then I listened to it on repeat for days. Yep. I I also feel like that makes a lot of sense to me because I could totally see Ben being the kind of guy who just like keeps being the last guy that girls date, you know. <laughs> like- <laughs> Like, you know, you know how sometimes, listen, we all know those guys exist, right? The guys who just have like a string of now queer exes, like that's, I could see Ben being that guy. That makes sense to me. That feels, that feels right. I know. I'm like, Grace, do you have a person in your life like that? You're nodding aggressively. Yeah, I know. I dated a dude in high school. And then just after that, it was just like one gay girl after another. I feel bad for him. Like He like blames me for like putting a curse on him for that. Oh, no. Well, I guess you're welcome to all the girls that you help. But, you know, <laughs> sorry. You know. Sorry to this man. <laughs> sorry to this man. Yeah. We, but we all know this this man. That's, yeah. I mean, I could yeah. see Ben being that. That, make, that. that feels right to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They start becoming friends again. And, like, Uma helps basically save the entire day because the only way that she can use magic, Mal has. It's like Mal got the, like, ember from Hades or whatever. And the ember doesn't work anymore because it got wet. And the only way that they can make it work is for Uma and Mal to do magic together. And they listen. Literally do I magic remember together. my first time doing magic with a girl. You know, right? it's just. It's, <laughs> it's, it's an important just, part yep. of every every queer woman's life story. You know, we yeah. all remember our first time doing magic. That's all I'm saying. I think it always involves an ember getting wet as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man! But yeah. it shouldn't always be with your ex, is what we're saying. Anyways, um, <laughs> listen. Some, some what's happening? What are we talking? But yeah, about? that's also like another gay stereotype. It's just like the one ex you can't let go of. You know, oh, they yeah. need their audience. Oh wait, okay. Sorry, sorry. While we're while we're on exes that you can't let go of i i do need to go back to evie and mal for a minute great great because i have this written down and again this is a throwaway thing that is not addressed or dealt with whatsoever i get what they're setting up with it everyone it's fine but listen the scene itself is still never addressed so while they're on the isle of the lost in descendants 2 and i can't remember if it's before or after they sing the song it must be after right yeah, they they're walking arm in arm down a dark alley together. And we just get the end of this conversation that they are having. And the end of this conversation goes like this. That one went on for actual days like it mattered. Right. We were both totally undone by true love's kiss works every time. And Evie says, I really thought that's what you and Ben had. What yep. what is happening in this conversation? Because look, once again, somebody please provide for me an alternative explanation than them recounting like a days long bangathon of them <laughs> <laughs> of them being undone by true love's kiss. Like what 
is happening. And I will would like to say too, if they're reminiscing about something, you you remember magic didn't exist on the island. Okay. Yeah. So like legitimately, what are you talking about? <laughs> like you cannot be talking about a spell that was undone about true love's kiss because you didn't have any spells on the island. No. No. And they're and like what like for da- what that went on for days. And they're like, <laughs> like it mattered, right? They're like, that's like every lesbian right. Like come yeah. on. <laughs> Like that's what it always is. It's a few days, right? I'm um, I'm in love with the term bangathon. That is yeah. <laughs> immediately in my vocabulary. <laughs> that's the most important takeaway from today. Yeah, I Malin, I, I had a few. Went, again, I went back and we watched the conversation again, and I was like desperately trying to find some other interpretation for that conversation. There is none, and there. And there is, there was none. There Sorry. is none. There's also, it's, she's not like sad that Ben and her weren't true loves. Like she sounds almost a little interested. She sounds like, oh, like I really thought yeah. that you were involved and taken, but now that you're not, like it's, it's not the tone that a friend would take. No, it's not like, I'm so sorry that that didn't, just like, oh, I guess that wasn't it, huh? (laughs) Yeah. And also, I will say that is interesting because the other thing that stood out, like, so much to me is that whole singing in the rain, whatever bit at the end when they're on the boat and, like, (laughs) and poor Ben has to dance in those leather pants (laughs) in, in, like, a foot of water, um, is... What's interesting is even with all of the buildup and even with all of the like true love's kiss, he made me a mural where I'm pink. Even with all of that, that watch that scene. It is all Evie and Mal staring at each other, just like prolonged eye contact the whole time. It is just they have eyes for each other. And that is it. And and again, when you're watching a scene that is filmed like the way that that's filmed where they have so many different angles and they're they're cutting to close-ups of so many different people that is intentional like you have to say we are going to get this shot like where we're going to close up on Mal looking at Evie and then close up on Evie looking at Mal and we are going to cut them together that way for what for what reason for gay reasons <laughs> exactly like, there's nothing that is supposed to be happening between the two of them in that scene. This is supposed to be Mal and Ben's big to-do. Well, and also, like, talking about I love you. Like, she's literally like, I never said I love you to you because blah, blah, blah. I'm like, girl, you never said I love you because you don't fucking love him. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, you've oh spent my God. how long with him. The beginning of this movie, also, she runs away because people told her, oh, at Cotillion, he's going to propose to you. It's just like, because it's, it's getting engaged to be engaged to be engaged and the immediate gay panic on her face. She's like, it means what? Yeah, she's like, <laughs> she's like, Shit. no, this is a high school beard. What are you all talking about? Stop she's it. Like, I cannot get married to my 16 year old boyfriend right now. They oh also realize they've been dating for six months, I think, in Descendants 2. Well, and can we also discuss that that is immediately what proceeds? Like, she hears that where she's like, oh, my God, Cotillion is, like, basically, like, planning the rest of your life out to marry this guy. And she immediately runs away. <laughs> she immediately drops the ring on the floor and runs the fuck back to the Isle of the Lost. Like, she cannot get out of there fast enough. I mean, listen, that is not a straight character, okay? Just not. Also, this is so random, but not. I've been thinking about it for a while, but we just kept talking. <laughs> 
the scene at the end of Descendants 2. How good do we think Octopus Uma would be at sex? Really tentacle stuff is not where I thought we were going tonight. And and here we are, everyone. Here we are. I'm just saying. No, that uh. is such a valid question, honestly. <laughs> and I think I will be thinking about this for a very long time now. Yeah, you're welcome. She... Only, only because Kelsey and I like finally did start watching Sex Education is I feel like I wish Lily, the character, was here to have this discussion with us. Just what a what a... Listen. What a great crossover. Listen. <laughs> I mean, just... how do you think Dragon Mal is in the sack while we're there, right? I feel like that would be a little scarier. Not going to lie. <laughs> a lot of fire. Then, then a 20-foot-tall octopus no, woman? No, I'm saying lots of arms. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think we're missing the obvious, which is But did you not? did you not see how big she got? Oh, yeah. She's huge. Size is not the issue. It's yeah. how you use it that counts. Exactly. I mean, listen, the <laughs> size of that tentacle matters a little bit to me right now in this discussion, actually. Is just, that just me? Just That just means, you know what? You can what is happening right now? <laughs> one more tentacle for Uma and I on whatever uh, encounters we have. <laughs> God. Sorry, I'm so and sorry. Poor, but I had and to. poor fucking Ben diving in the middle of that being like, I am a tiny man. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Get out of here. That was honestly the worst moment. We already talked about this, but like, why also Disney are yeah. you saying to us? These two powerful women are fighting, and the only one who can save Oridon is this tiny man who just says, hey, why don't we all get along? And that <laughs> why works. Why don't we not? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? It was so anticlimactic. Clearly, Disney has not met lesbian exes, is what they're telling us. <laughs> right? right I was like, this is so unrealistic. <laughs> what is happening? You're like, that's not how this looks at all, okay? No, I'm like, those two literally, like, they probably, like, we're going to fly and swim away way far from the boat, deal with their shit in the wide open water, and then we're going back to the tentacles. That's it. Break up Here's my, my theory is they spent way too much money on getting Bobby Moynihan to voice the random dog in the middle of the movie, and they blew their CGI budget on that. Correct. That. True. And they were like, all right, well, I guess we just got to throw a man in the water. Exactly. The worst. <laughs> the worst we honestly could talk for a very very long time i want to really quickly talk about a few of the other characters that are not mal and her many many lovers which is jay and gill yes my because himbos. i don't know oh well Lee, i love them i love i love them in two but in three they like actually seem like they're together i'm actually curious what were I they, need to watch this movie immediately. T- I can't handle it. Poor poor Kelsey, who thought she was free of this no, now. No, she's not. Grace, do you think they were trying to hint that, the, that they had something together? I think it was like a best friend situation. Mm. But I think it very, like, also, this is the guy who made High School Musical, who made that scene with Chad and Ryan, who switched clothes at the end. So yeah. I wouldn't put it past him for, like, that to be the goal. Yeah. Because there's like a whole scene where, speaking of strawberries, 
Gil's whole thing is that he's like, there's fruit everywhere on this island and he keeps eating it, right? And there's also this moment where Evie is like, hey, let's try something new, an icebreaker to like make all the villains get along. She's like, I'm going to say something I like about you and then you say something you like about me. And then Gil brings it back later, just like randomly. He's like, actually, Jay, I want to say something nice to you. And so he's like, Jay, I like the way you can bounce off of things and flip around. And Jay says to Gil, Gil, I like the way you're jazzed about blueberries. Oh, my God. And I just thought it was so cute. Like, I actually was like, why is this a really cute interaction between these two men? Also, though, I do just want to give, I don't know his name, the actor who plays Jay. But, like, we commented, at least in the second movie, that we were like, is he doing all of his own stunts? Like, he's certainly doing a lot of his own stuff, right? So, like, I also like how he spins and flips around on stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Have either of you seen Julie and the Phantoms? No. All right. Well, it's on Netflix. It's a very cute show, but the actor who plays Jay plays a gay ghost in Julian the Phantoms. And there's a really cute gay love story between him and another gay ghost. Oh, I love it's it. It's very, very cute. So when I was seeing Jay, too, I was like seeing that he just has very convincing chemistry with other men. Like, you know, some actors just like do that well. Maybe I should yeah. watch that because I'm not going to lie. Still two movies in when I look at Jay for some reason, all I can see is Caleb from Pretty Little Liars. Is that just me? <laughs> he looks ve- it's like I there's something about his face that just like constantly makes me feel like I'm watching Pretty Little Liars. And it's, you know, throws you me off a little bit. I'm yeah. thrown back into the Twilight days because he was in the wolf pack. Oh, um, of course he was. Yeah, so I, I think of that. And it's also there. It's I feel like it's he sort of has like a little baby gay crush on Jacob in those days, too. Like, he mm-hmm, just always mm-hmm. has something going on. Yeah, he definitely has chemistry with, like, with everyone in this. Because I'm like, Jay and Harry, give me Jay and Gil, give me Jay and Carlos. We haven't even talked yes. about Carlos. When they like play wrestle, it's there's more there's more going on there. Yeah. I think the first movie, Jay and Carlos are obviously a bit more like together together. And then they sort of like separate. But Jay also never has any female love interests. Well, they try with um uh Lonnie a little bit, but But like not really. But it's like right? such a bromance. It's yeah, such yeah. a bromance. Like it's so subtle. Like like yeah. yeah, obviously with um Carlos, like he's with Jane. Plus, True. listen, anybody who wants to convincingly, you know, have Lonnie pairing up with a dude by the end of Descendants two made vastly incorrect wardrobe choices for that whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that there's no you cannot put a character in that outfit and expect us to see anything but a fellow gay. Like there's impossible that girl plays basketball there's no way i could see jay and lonnie together but like they're both bi Mm -hmm. so like they understand each other's queerness Mm -hmm. like that's how i could see jay and lonnie together they would not be in a heteronormative relationship like you know like i have queer friends who are in straight relationships and i feel like their relationships are queerer than some (laughs) gay relationships like, there's just, like, something that's, like, much more, it breaks the norms more. You know what I mean? So I feel like they could be in a heterosexual relationship that doesn't really feel straight. That's what I could see for Jay and Lonnie. That's if fair. They, 
if they went there. Listen, I will say the same for Carlos and Jane because they're one of the few straight ships that I do actually kind of like in these movies. Like, I, li- I like them together. They're cute. But I also think I'm like headcanon in Carlos as not very cis at all. Prompted largely by his <laughs> by his slip at the end where he's like, I'm the luckiest girl too. And then he's like, wait, what? <laughs> and I'm like, I like this, actually. I like this for you. <laughs> I want this journey, Carlos. This is Carlos's revelation. Yeah. I actually, this is like, I had not thought about that. But now that I'm thinking about it, I can't stop. Like his attempt at trying to get good at sports and like all, all the other guys trying to help him fit in and like getting very easily scared, which is seen as a not masculine trait, but then like trying to shake it off immediately. Yeah. Okay. I want Carlos yeah. to be super gender fluid and I want, you know, just that relationship with Jane. That's all. That's that's not too much to ask for, right? Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, for how gay these movies are, it shouldn't be. Listen, they're they are very, very, very gay. Like I am when I'm so not surprised that there's so much like Mal and Evie discourse online because it's like it's so fucking obvious. Yeah. Like it's just really there. Though I was just going to say really quickly about Evie and like specifically we were talking about Compet earlier. And you have her mom quite literally in the beginning saying, like, go off, find a prince. It's being drilled into her head. Like, no wonder she goes into this thinking she needs a man. And then the twist should have been, it was like, you don't need a prince. You you can do, like, whatever. But it should have been, you don't need a man. It could have been Mal the whole time. She was right there. It's always you you. and me. Yeah. They're so gay. But yes, (laughs) let's do our ships because you're right. Okay. I came into this episode knowing I would not shut up about Descendants. I'm so happy that we did this. So which characters are we shipping? We have Mal and Evie. We have... Do they have Do they have an official ship uh, name Malby, already? I believe. Oh, we, okay. can, we can come up with way stupider ones than that. Come on. <laughs> All right. Do we want to come Mal up with Mal and Evie one? can make evil so easily and people have not like jumped yes. on that. I'm here for that. Disappointing. Disappointing. I also love this is so like Mal's like spray painting like everything. Yeah. Long live evil. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. That's their ship name. Long live <laughs> evil. Oh my god. She's been writing about her Sold. and her and Evie the entire time. Every time she's spray painting, like we didn't realize she's talking about their ship name. Wow. Hashtag evil. I'm here for it. <laughs> All right. And then we have Mal and Uma. Also, what are they? Do they have last names at all? I mean, I feel like no, because all of these are just kind of very, very bad, like names built off of their, off of parents, their parents, you know? Yeah. So, Umal. Yeah. Yeah. Umal. Or Maluma. Ma- Maluma yeah. is cute, though. It is cute. Yeah, they only have one name, just Mal. <laughs> all right. And then our other ships. What about Jay and Gil? <laughs> Their ship name is gay. <laughs> See, they we knew it all along. Uh, amazing. I'm sorry. I love it. I literally also did. I just write Harry's name. Uh, I just want to ship Harry and Ben. So, but yes, you did. <laughs> Ooh, okay, Harry and Ben. Barry. Barry. Hen. It's better. Barry's better. Yeah, Barry's good. Lonnie. Lonnie I, and Jane. Listen. Yeah, I do like I'm Lonnie and Jane. It. They're they're cute. Johnny or Lane? I I feel like we should go with Lane, right? Yeah, I yeah. don't know. There's 
it's a little more difficult to make their ship names with one name, but also I know. easy at the same time. What about the adults? We didn't ship any adults. Like, what about Fairy Godmother? Like, do we see her with anyone? <laughs> no, we don't. I mean, I could get behind, like, Maleficent and Fairy Godmother. Why not? They would be the most powerful. That would be the most. That would be <laughs> the reaction that Grace just did. Like, that would be the couple you can't invite to parties because you know they're going to start something and it's just going to be awkward for everyone around them. Like somehow they make it work. Yes, oh, and I'm here you know, for it. We all have our things. <laughs> Bippity bobbity. Bippity bobbity. I bet she says that in bed, right? Come on. Oh God. But I, I do. <laughs> I feel like maybe maybe also Maleficent yes. and the Evil Queen. I think they have a little more banter going on. And, oh, oh my God, I'm sorry, but I have to say one more thing, which is really that the parents are so gay because Hades and, Malefic- and Maleficent, like the whole thing with Mal is that he left when she was young, right? And he's like, try being married to your mother, right? And you could like do that as like, okay, Maleficent is like difficult to live with. But I also think he's so gay. I mean, we had to leave. So briefly, his song is a, like a gay anthem, I feel. And, the, and then the fact that Mal joins yep. in, it just, it makes so much sense. Yep. Yeah. And the daddy issues Strong. that Mal has. Very gay. <laughs> Very gay. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to? Should Sorry. we wrap it up then? We got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. Descendants. Descendants. Should have been. Should have been gay. It's so gay. It's so gay. <laughs> <sighs> I love it so much. It was a, such a nice excuse to get to watch them again. I was really loving it. All right. It's time for our Q and gay. Q. 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 And. Gay. Question number one: Which Descendants movie is the gayest? A1, B2, C3, D, Under the Sea. Well, I feel like I need to watch Under the Sea for context because that could be in the running, but 100% watch it. You have to watch it. Not a question. It just has the best gay scenes. It really does. Yeah. Space between Uma (laughs) in general. Yeah. Just the introduction of Uma. Okay. Question two important question Who do you ship Mal with out of A, Evie? B Uma or C Ben? I feel like question mark? this is a very polarizing question, question. I would probably go with Evie because I'm a sucker for the best friends lover trope. But the the Uma chemistry mm, yeah. is very strong. It's like I mean I feel like Mal and Evie is the less toxic of the two, so it's like really for a sure, good yeah. choice, you know? Yeah, less controversial and more loving. They actually tell each other they love each other, you know. In three, they say I love you so easily to each other. And I'm like, took you forever to say to Ben. But we're not. I mean, even even before that, though, they're just so complimentary all the time. Like, even when Mal's like, oh, like, if she was talented like you are, like, if she knew how to sew and all. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just building each other up. They love love each other so much. Evie constantly asks for validation from Mal and Mal only. She does not care about anyone else's opinion. Nope. Yep. And Mal very willingly gives it every time. Yep. In many ways. <laughs> All right, question number three. Here we go. What's the gayest song in Descendants? A, Space Between. B, What's My Name? C, One Kiss. Or D, Queen of Mean? See, now I'm like very torn <laughs> between all of these. But I, I am fully going <laughs> to stick with Space Between. Just that's my gut answer. Okay, there you go. 
Great choice. It's, it's, I mean, it's not a wrong answer. There's no wrong answer here. The forehead touch really gets Um, it for me. Similarly, there is no wrong answer to this question, but we do have to ask it. Question four, what is Mal's gayest moment out of A, running away from Cotillion, B, arm wrestling Uma, (laughs) C, singing with Evie, or D, the strawberry? (laughs) I feel like I'm going to go... With the arm wrestling scene, because the eye contact in that Mm. scene, the way they're taunting each other, but also, like, trying to flirt, and the fact that, like, the way they're losing, they're not losing because of strength. They're losing because of what they're saying to each other. Yep. It's a very gay scene. All right. Question number five, our final Q&A. Who is the gayest supporting character in Descendants? A. Lonnie. B. J. C, Dizzy, or D, Harry? Oh, Harry. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the eyeliner. Rubbing his hook down like everyone's face. That's that's a lot. I also love that he, there, listen, why is it such queer energy to just have a hand but be (laughs) carrying a hook? Like, <laughs> why is there something about committing to the bit of that that just feels queer to me? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's constantly in costume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it's it incredible. so much. Oh, my gosh. Grace, thank you so much for joining us for this ridiculous and amazing episode. <laughs> what a this joy. This has been for sure the best so part s- of my week. Yes. <laughs> Mine, too. I'm so glad. <laughs> really looking forward to this. Um, where can our listeners find you on social media? I am on TikTok primarily, but Instagram and Twitter on at full of gracer, which is just full of grace with an R at the end. Amazing. Thank you so much for talking so much gay things with us. <laughs> Thank you for two hours of the descendants with or of descendants with us. It's Thank you been for great. one of our longer episodes because I <laughs> was not going to not stop talking about descendants. (laughs) I'm not convinced that you ever would have, honestly, you know. I still want to talk about it. I have I still have like parts of my list that are just on there forever now. We'll do we'll do a a, part two. two. (laughs) We really We'll do a descendants two. Oh my God. Just wait till we get to Under the Sea, everyone. Yeah. (laughs) And after you watch the third movie too, it's gonna yeah, it'll be a whole thing. It's gonna be good. Incredible. Let me hear you say hip, 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 yeah. We love hearing from all of you and we love continuing to build this community. So we just like to shout out some of our favorite things every episode. And this week we want to shout out a listener who reached out to us on Instagram. So thank you to Alon for reaching out and suggesting a should have been gay on Raya and the Last Dragon, which we have on our list. Do not worry. Um, we haven't actually seen it yet. Ellie and I were just saying, uh, neither of us have actually watched it. I have to watch uh, But it. everybody we know has told us that we need to do, it should have been gay on it. So don't worry. It's on our list. We will, we will get to it. That's all we can tell you. I mean, we just keep adding the Disney. I know. But right? even, do you like, remember when Ryan the Last Dragon came out and like our Discord yes. chat was just nothing was but that wild. for like a week yes. and a half? It was bonkers. Everyone was losing their mind about it. So we've yes. we've heard it's very we'll, gay. We'll do it. We will do it. <laughs> Don't worry. It might take us a little while as we have to wait a long time to do Descendants, but we will do we'll it. We'll get there. As always, we want to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Mark Foster, Jess Klaus, 
Tanya Ferguson, Jacqueline Rose Nishino, Sarah and Julia, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Brittany Ray, Alana Rosen, Lizette Stye, Stacy, A.D. Benitez, Fiona W., Whitney Lennon, and Jennifer Trujillo, and our King Princess patrons, Amy and Ellen, Leah Hendley, Liz Chen, Julia Gonzalez, and Ashley White. Thank you all so much. We love all of our patrons. We cannot wait to spend more time with you at our next Essentials Watch Party, and we love, love, love all of you. <laughs> so much love. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok at Les Hangout Pod. You can email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. You can check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Whatever app you use for podcasts, make sure you subscribe so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And make sure that you have listened to all of the episodes of The Flame, our original podcast musical. We have our next one that we're going to be starting work on very soon. So you just want to be up to date on everything. All the episodes of The Flame are out already. We're also posting videos up on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangapod to catch them. If you want to support the podcast, the first way that you can do that is to rate and review us on the Apple Podcasts app. It is free, it is easy, and it helps new people find the show. If you want to support us on Patreon so you can help us get to 150 patrons and start releasing our Les Angels bonus episodes, you can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. And as a reminder, if you want to help us make another musical and get the flame up on stage, we have a Patreon dedicated just to our musical podcasts. You can find that at bit.ly slash the flame Patreon. If you want to get some Les Hangout merch, you can get that at bit.ly slash shop. We have all kinds of mugs, t-shirts, all kinds of fun merch. You can get that at bit.ly slash shop. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LSH Foster. And me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Ellie Brigida. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out, out.